Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Hi, everyone. Sorry, we started a little late today. We had a little uh, technology issue, but we're good now. And um, I'm very excited about what our show is today, and it's a brightly guided life. And I've got Ingrid Honkala here with me, and um, I'm going to just read her bio, and we are just going to jump in. So, Ingrid was born in Bogota, Colombia, where she grew up with her parents and three sisters. From the moment she drowned in a tank of cold water at the age of nearly three, Ingrid was aware of other dimensions of life than those most of us normally experience. She was also gifted with the wise input of beings of light who gave her invaluable insights and assistance as she faced the challenges of growing up, falling in love, and finding her professional destiny as a research scientist and oceanographer. Despite many hardships, she accomplished her dreams, becoming not just a successful marine scientist, world traveler, author, international speaker, and a mom, but also a mentor and a giver of light. Through her compelling life adventures that journeys from her native Colombia to Europe and her eventual home in the United States and from a deadly war zone to underwater explorations and a NASA research center, Ingrid reveals how any human experience can be illumined from within. That's a beautiful bio, Ingrid. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Nina. And thank you for having me here. What an honor. You're welcome. And I'm so glad to have you. And so I think... We need to start off with when you were very, very small and you drowned, because that is when your journey started for you in the way that it has. Yes, that's right, Nina. Yeah, I, I like you mentioned, I drowned. What happened at the time is that both of my parents were, they, they would leave us at the care of a lady. And she didn't really pay much attention to us when my parents were not around. So. Yeah. Early one morning, they left, and she just went to do her thing. And my oldest sister, who was close to four, and I, I was close to three, decided, oh, nobody's looking. Let's go have fun. And mm -hmm. then in the house, there was a patio. And in this patio, there was a tank. And the purpose of this tank was collecting water for hand-washing clothes. Okay. At the time, we, we didn't have a washing machine, so... That was a big tank for collecting water. And the reason I mentioned the tank, Nina, is because that's where the accident happened. Okay. So my sister and I found a ball and decided, oh, let's play cash across the tank. Mm. And then we climbed the, the walls of the tank. The tank was like about 900. It held about 900 gallons of water. So it was a big tank. So we climbed, she sat on the flat surface that was next to the tank for scrubbing. So she was a little bit safer. I went to the other side of the tank, bended my knees and was leaning very precariously in that tank. Okay. She like threw the ball, she didn't apply enough force. And yeah, the ball fell on the surface of the water. I leaned forward because I wanted to grab it. I didn't realized I didn't know that the wall was going to roll. So when I touched it, the wall rolled and I fell in the water. Wow. And the first thing, you know, was the sense of this water was frigid cold. Mm. As you mentioned, I was born in Bogota, that's high up in the Andes. So okay. the temperature very early in the morning could be around 30, 40 degrees. Oh, that's cold. High. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's so, cold. Oh, the, the just sense of this frigid water was the same thing. The first thing that was like horrible, like, whoa. And after that, it came the, no, the, the, the horror of why I cannot breathe. Yeah. I had never been in a pool. We didn't have a bathtub. So mm. I did not have idea that if you fall in the water, you drown. Yeah. And you were, t how old were you, Ingrid? I was close to three. Oh, my gosh. So... At that moment, I experienced this sense of absolute horror. You know, like, I don't know what 
why I cannot breathe, what is happening. And it was when in just a blink, I went from that state of terror to one of complete peace. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't know what happened, but it was just like, wow. Now mm. I was in the state of calmness. I didn't need to breathe. I didn't need to get out of this tank. The, the, the sense of urgency, the, the, all of that was gone. Wow. And I, I love to uh, give some points of contrast here because one thing that was amazing is that this space was, the tank was deep. It was uh, made of cement. So this, this area was pretty dark. Okay. So the last thing I saw with my eyes open was the darkness of the space. Okay. And then it was there when I went to the state of calmness, a light came from below. And it was like the light of a candle that was soft, but was able to illuminate my whole watery surrounding. So <laughs> imagine it was like, oh, oh my gosh, there's light. Yeah. And now the next amazing, incredible realization feeling was that I live in a very noisy house and we had dogs, birds, cousins, sisters, and there was always noise. <laughs> and when I also, in the moment I'm drowning, imagine the, the anguish. So at that moment, I'm hearing the beating of my heart, like pounding in my head, you know, mm. like, like a drum. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And then it came the moment when it stopped. The noise was gone. Mm. And I experienced a moment of absolute silence. <laughs> And it's what I call the silence behind the silence. What, what made it so amazing, it was just, of course, it was mixed with peace, with joy, with the sense there's nothing I need to do. Yeah, what a and I, Yeah, and I <laughs> crave that silence for the rest of my life. I bet. Later in life, I would hide in closets, whatever. I wanted to go back to that, but... Okay, now I am in the tank with this, the light, the silence, and then I started to see bubbles. And these okay. bubbles were like surrounded by light. And I'm like, whoa, imagine with at that moment <laughs> with childlike mind. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is so cool. And I started to chase the bubbles. And as I was chasing these bubbles, is when I turned around and I saw a body suspended in the water. Oh my goodness. Okay. And at that moment, you know, I had the absolute clarity, like the, the knowing that is my body. And this was the other thing. It was the sense of familiarity. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is normal. I like if I, I like I, I have the knowing that I have taken like change. I, I said costumes so many times. Like, oh yeah, I, I realized the eternity of Ingrid. And then I am I'm looking at the body and it's when the other incredible contrast uh, came to, to clarity and is that I was born as a very sick child. Yeah. And I spent almost the first three years of my life feeling unwell. You know, I didn't even know what was to feel well. I was mm. born with respiratory problems, always feeling sick. Even before your your drowning. Yeah, for the, the first three years of my life, I, I mm. was born like that. My mom had a very hard pregnancy. She didn't know that if she smoked, at that time, they didn't have that. Yeah, that it knowledge. could affect the child. Yes, so I was born very sick. And then imagine at that moment, Nina, I am experiencing the state of absolute well-being. <laughs> so I, I had the contrast, I, the how I was feeling before and how I am I was feeling now. Well, and I think too, one of the things that I thought about for you was having your NDE so young, having and the knowledge that you had as a toddler, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you had a lot of knowledge. And then what made it different for you, I think, Ingrid, is that you had your entire life to lead after this experience. Yes. And with 
You oh know, Lina, that's the, that's the questions I ask. One of the questions I ask the beings of light later in my life. I, I ask them why my near-death experience happened when I was so young. Yes, why? They said yeah. to me, because you were old enough to remember, hmm. but young enough not to be conditioned yet. So it's like I was like this clear, clean canvas. So yeah. I could just from there... <laughs> live, live a life like parting from that incredible experience with, with any preconception of I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. So even later in my life when people ask me, did you see Jesus? Did you see this? Did you see that? No, this was, I mean, this experience was so pure because I didn't have conditioning. Yes, and you were so little. And you know what I noticed too um, in your book, A Bright a brightly guided life that there were people in your life that, well, you had the guides who were there all the time, the, the beings of light is that's how you called them yes. and talk to them. Yes. And then there was a couple of other people. I loved your grandmother, Lilia. Is that how you say Yes, Lilia. Uh-huh. She is so beautiful. And she, she feels like she was one of your mentors that helped you a great deal about yes. the feelings that you have because you know one of the and I I always you know Ingrid other NDE years you know it's always that sense of you're not afraid to die you probably felt, thought about dying all the time because it felt so good and it brought peace and freedom and all the other things and she said to you I love this what she said to you she said there's nothing wrong with dying it's a part of life we just think we are separate the end of one cycle is the beginning of a new one the important thing is to allow the entire cycle to reach its natural end. Time is meaningless if we learn to enjoy the ride with every breath. To have a grandmother that could tell you that? Wow. Yes, my grandmother was, was a gift. She was oh incredible. My yeah. When so, I read that, that last part, time is meaningless if we learn to enjoy the ride with every breath. That's, Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and, and those were the, the, those are the gifts in life. Sometimes we don't realize that that there's so many things presenting in our lives just as guidance. But we need sometimes to to have the clarity and to have the open eyes to see it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, but yeah, she was such a mentor for you. So when you went through your life and all of the beautiful things that you did, the challenges that came up for you, you were able to just talk to the beings of light most of the time. Yes, yes, Nina. And, and they were always present there, there for me. Even, even the, there, was, there was a time in my life when I kind of told the beings of light that uh, I needed my space. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I because yeah, I, I have been communicating with them for the first nineteen years of my mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. I started to see them and talking with them when I was uh, four years old, and then yeah, there was the point where I just pretty much I felt so different, Nina, coming from my near death experience, which I only have. I didn't tell you the whole thing, just a little part of it, but coming from my near death experience, I felt so different from everybody else. Because like you no, didn't belong, huh? Oh yeah, I saw my body when I yeah. came back, and I am I am not this child. <laughs> I will look at myself in the mirror, and I am not this child. I came with an awareness I didn't have before. I will look at my parents and say, "You're not my parents, like just my biological parents." I felt them as my equal because during my near-death experience, I I experienced a sense of oneness. Oh boy! So. Not long after my NDE, I started to read, write, resolve mathematical problems, put together complex puzzles. I have an extended language. It was incredibly, but of course, there was no one around me at the time. This concept of near-death experience, nobody knew or understood what was happening. And I, I came with oh, all this awareness and, and I would look at other children in and I would say, what is happening to these people? Yeah. They don't know anything. 
So it must have been so, you know, like, I mean, I think in my own life, sometimes just being a spiritual woman and looking at like the way I do from my experiences and things that happen to me in my life, that it's, it's like, you really can't explain it to anybody sometimes. And it, it really isolates you. It actually does. To me, it was, uh, there was even a time in my life, Nina, when I was very little, I didn't even want to be touched. I didn't mm. want to even be approached. I just stopped eating. I, I just, I didn't want to be here because that, the sense, that what I experienced in, in the realm of the light was just supreme, <laughs> was the state of love, was I, I even went far, I, I saw the light, I, um, the sense of time and space vanish. I, I was just in the state of absolute joy. We recognize what we talk about love. We don't even know what love is in reality. This was just a state of, I, I even mentioned that I experienced the, the sense of, of non-self. The, the, I even went to experience what I call nothingness. People get afraid about the word nothingness, but I said it's because it's what you cannot even comprehend with the mind. When you're in this state of like the unknown, is is the state of like absolute presence? Oh, is is there's no words. There's to no words. Come to close. Exactly, but it's yeah. like it's not like the emptiness, but at the end is is the totality. It's like when you just realize there's yeah. Wow, you haven't even touched a little bit of your potential. Well, one of the things I think that I would wanted to really ask you about, you know, when you're, uh, there's so many gems and so much wisdom in your book. When I read your book, I, I was sad sometimes because of the struggle that you had to go through. And I would just be like, God, why did this woman have to go through all this? You know, she had this NDE when she was really little. It was hard. There were a couple parts that were a little hard to read because it made me sad. You know, you're so beautiful and spiritual. And if you could answer the question for our audience, Life is a struggle. It, it just is. You know, I'd like to say it's not, but it is. When one thing ends, you, you know, you get moments that are really beautiful, but life generally can make you struggle a lot. And maybe you can quote it to me from your book, but one of the things that I was reading about is that these struggles are important. It's how, and you were, we were talking earlier about how a lot of people don't like to hear the fact that it's work, that life's work, and it's a struggle. And I had gotten a, a text from somebody that I care about very much, and they were saying to me that, is, is it a set path really, or are we creating it, Ingrid? Because it seems like stuff happens to us, and we have no control over it, and we're like, oh, gosh, you know, why did this have to happen? You know, I was doing so good or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And, and, and the way we were talking about earlier is, is some people ask me, like, if things are predetermined, that how can we just be here suffering and, and having these experiences that are, are good and certainly are so bad? Oh, I know. It's and, just- and when people ask me if, if there's a destiny, if things are predetermined, I said both because there's things that say, I, 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 the way I see it and the way I experience it in my, in my near-death experience is that we are eternal. And even before we come here and during our time here, we are actually um, just to say, planning, creating our own path, creating our own reality. We are co-creators of our life. Right. And then, but of course, around us, there's everybody's co-creating their own reality. So all of us are working it together. Mm. And then I said, like I, I was explaining to you, say that we pick like some very concrete or, or, or some very important milestones in life. Even like here, I could say, you know, I'm going to go college and become like I did a marine scientist. So I set that goal and say that, say that before we came here, we already had also some goals. I will come with this person or I want to experience certain thing because that will bring me to a wall. That will bring me to understand the truth of who I am even 
with more clarity, even deeper. That will help me to peel the onion of who I am, <laughs> get to right. the core of who I am. Yes. And, and so, then, yeah. And then sometimes when we make a decision, like I know that you had talked about being a medical doctor, but then it changes. Exactly. And yeah, you, because you, I can have some set milestones, but the path I'm going to take to get there mm-hmm. can change. And, and yeah, and, and along the way, I, I could change my mind. Things could happen that will bring me to another path. So that's how life goes. I, 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 I said, I put an analogy. Say like you decided to navigate certain river. And you, you, you pick the Amazon River. So that's like the main goal. Okay. And this is just, okay, I'm going to navigate this river. But the river has many branches. And also, how am I going to navigate the river? That's, that's the free will in which, or that's the different aspects in which I could like follow that goal and, and go through that river. I could just choose a boat. I could swim in the river. I could, uh, I don't know, grab a, a piece of wood and, and go on it. It all depends. So this is when you just start picking the way in which you are going to navigate this river and suddenly say that, oh, you decided to pick this branch of the river and that will bring you somewhere else. So yeah, along the path, many things can happen. And also it depends. So imagine we are talking about everybody's free will. Yes. So we can make decisions, but we have to realize that everybody's making decisions at the same time. So it, all that is going to influence our path and, and our decisions through life. Okay. And the beings of light had say, as you become ready, you will meet everyone who you have consented to meet even for before you were born in this realm, even, and I even put next to that, even the people that hurt us. Yes. We yes. have to meet people that hurt us, don't we? I yeah. got that from your book. I didn't like that, but it's true. You have to meet people that are going to hurt you. And, you know, it's like you think like your beings of light told you different people that you were going to meet. And I remember reading in the book, I'm like, but, but why would she have to meet them if they're going to hurt her? Yeah. You know? and, the, and the thing is like, like that one of the me. things that I have realized. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> is, yeah. is that that we didn't, this human experience, mm-hmm. I mean, people don't like to hear that, but this human experience is, is here to challenge us. Yeah. Why? Because otherwise, we will get distracted and we will try to keep looking outside ourselves. And we will, if, the more we try to find happiness, joy, love, all these principles outside ourselves, the more life is, is going to challenge us because the purpose of this life is to bring us to realize that that joy, that happiness, that love is within ourselves. So life is here to, to challenge us to find it within. Mm-hmm. And the more I try to find it outside myself, the more I'm going to suffer yeah. because I'm looking in the wrong place. So life is, is pretty much, so that's when we, as we open our, our eyes and see the purpose behind our experiences, sometimes we cannot see it right at the moment because when you have the you have the head under the waters, you cannot breathe. <laughs> Once you yeah. can get the head out of the water and make sense of, of your whole experience, you can say, oh, I get it. Yeah. That was there for me. I, I always say life is not happening to you, it's happening for you. Yeah. Because it's- later on, it's when you can say, Thanks that I met this person, I was able to see this part of myself I, I never would have realized. I learned to be more compassionate with others and with myself. I yeah. learned to have more empathy. I learned to have more love. I learned to look within. So life, that's what life, you know, Nina, I love, love this analogy. It, I always put the analogy of a bird in a nest. Okay. So the bird is in the nest. And it's so comfortable. Oh, it's so good. And the mom one day, one day decides, you know, I'm not giving more food to this bird because he's ready to fly. <laughs> oh, gosh, the bird will think, what? My mom is bad. And, but no, now the nest is also small. And now the nest smells bad. And now it's all these challenges. 
all this that would happen for this bird to go out of the nest. But this bird is so stubborn that then if he's not leaving the nest, get what? He's going to starve to death because there's no more food. There's going to be a bad wind or a storm until the nest fall. Anything, uh-huh. all these challenges. <laughs> and, and guess what? In, in reality, the bird knows within itself that these challenges are needed for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And the moment this bird finally realizes, okay, yeah, this is, uh, even if, if the wind is pushing him out, then now he jumps out of the nest. And Just guess to accept what? It. He realized mm-hmm. that he has wings and he could fly. Mm. So if all these challenges did not happen, the bird would never have known that it could fly. This is true. And I, I do believe that challenges like when you, you know, and I know this for the audience, you know, when you think about relationships that you've had in your life, specifically with family, la familia, that, (laughs) (laughs) that I've learned a lot from my relatives that have passed on and the challenges that we have had. It's taught me, I think one of the biggest things we learn about with people that hurt us is, is compassion. Because most of the time when they hurt us, it's their own pain that they project on us. And we, in turn, do it back to them. So, you learn compassion not only for them, but for yourself. Going, hmm, I wonder where this is coming from, you know? Yes, yes. And and you learn self-love. Because, like we were talking earlier, like, sometimes when we are in the spiritual path, we Mm -hmm. have to, we we tend to think like, Oh no, but I have all this unconditional love. So oh, no. I, I, I can allow others to beat me or treat me bad because I am all love. That's not true. That's a mm-hmm. lie. That's a lie. It's when, when you stop and you realize, no, I deserve. Am I, mm-hmm. am I allowing the other people to treat me this way because I am not really loving myself? So I'm not as awakened as I thought. Because if I am treating myself that way with no compassion, with no love, with no kindness, how I expect to treat others? I cannot give what I don't have. That's so right. Sometimes life has to show me that what I think I'm lacking, what we're in the places where I need to correct something within myself. And, and that's, it, it's, that's such beautiful honesty to be able to realize that within yourself. You know, I mean, I always say, I can't love you if I don't love me. Yes. And, and this is the other incredible thing, Nina, is that things cannot really be changed in the outside. I'm going to give you an example. There was something really simple. There was one day my husband came and he's like, oh, I'm going to go get a massage because my back is hurting. Okay, go get your massage. At that moment, I, I hear the beings of light saying, he's not going to heal. And I'm like, what? And they said, no, because he's not his back. So oh. they showed to me, you cannot change the outer reality because the outer reality is a result. So to put it very simple, they show me one plus one equals two. You cannot change that number two because it's a result. Yes. The only way you can change anything is going within. So the moment you start looking within, what are the things that I have to correct within myself? I have, and I talk to people a lot, and I mentioned that during my near-death experience, I I went to the place of silence. I say, I teach people, I say, people, we have to learn to quiet the mind. And from that quiet mind, we can create a space. We can Mm. reconnect with our inner wisdom. We can know where we are. Thing we're lacking where, where we are missing something and then with that connection we start looking within and now you can have one plus two equal three a new result you didn't even have to put all that energy all that effort all that wasting your time trying to change the outside it's a beautiful no analogy going to change. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a beautiful analogy you know i i um one of the things that i loved that I think is something that we should all kind of use. And I've always told my own sons this, follow what makes you feel good and you'll be happy. And yes. your beings of light said, follow your heart's instincts, in- instincts, mm-hmm. follow your heart's instincts and do what feels good. Do what feels good. And exactly. I've shared that with a couple of people. I've always felt that way. You know, I always say move towards what makes you happy. 
and you can have a happy life, you know, and it, and it's, it's like this. In fact, I actually was talking about it on a FaceTime um, thing that I did today. And when I, you know, when the radio show came and they approached me, my heart was the first thing that leapt out of my chest. I didn't think about how much it was going to cost me. All I knew in my heart is that this feels good. And it's been a blessing ever since. So it just, you know, and so that's kind of like with everything in my life, even with my husband, you know, I just, you just know if, if you go towards what your, your heart's feeling inside. When you, yeah, when you follow that inner feeling, then, uh, and you know, sometimes you, you think that you fall because some people would say, but I follow it and I thought it was the right thing yeah maybe you cannot feel it as, the, as it was the the right thing I say there's no error because no. at the end everything is bringing us to Learning. discover something to evolve to grow to maybe that that just was the little part and you know what happened is that sometimes we're a stubborn Nina to the, say the life meant to show us something with this experience and we become attached yeah. And I have, you read it through my book. There was times where I knew it was time to go, but I was fearful. I oh, was attached. God. I didn't know what mm-hmm. was it. So when we have fear to the unknown and we get attached to even the, the thing that we know is hurting us because we don't want to go and explore the next, then mm-hmm. we can get attached to that suffering. We can. And I, my, my issue, you know, my own life was always worried about hurting other people. I never put myself first. I did that for a long time. And that's absolutely beautiful, but always going back to the place of how I am treating myself. Yeah, because... Is this actually self-love, letting others beat me up? It's not. No, it's not. You know, in, in if, if I don't know if you are open to talking about this, um, your relationship with your husband is just so beautiful. <clears throat> and I remember reading in the book when watching your patterns that... <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a cough. When you were with him, that you know, you started to get worried and things started to change. Excuse me. <clears throat> that you knew that th- th- you had to make a change within inside of yourself. And that was really important to you to do that. Once you did, you guys made the choice to be happy. Simple. Yes, yes. You know, you know, Nina, I say that I say in life, truth. True, true free will. Because sometimes we talk about free will and we think, oh, I have free will because I choose the food I eat or I choose the clothing I wear. That's not really, really free will. Yeah, that's choice. But remember, we're conditioned by our culture. So if I wasn't conditioned by by my culture, I'd probably eat some other foods or wear other clothes or have other tendencies. So we are very conditioned. Yes. But say that what I consider free, like true, true free will is when I choose the path, what I call the path of clarity, the path of the light or the path of suffering. Yeah. To me, that's the true free will. When, when I look at experience and I, I say I, I, I'm having a really big challenge, how I want to take this experience do I want to go and stay trapped at like what I call the cul-de-sac of suffering and why me and beating myself and the story of me? Or yes. what is this doing for me? Cul-de-sac of suffering. <laughs> yeah. So That's really say, expressive. I mean, <laughs> I, I picture that, you know, when you get a cul-de-sac, you got to turn around. Exactly. So that's you don't have you a choice. That choice. I want to keep in this circle or what is this doing for me? Wow, the moment that's... you ask that question, what is the purpose of this experience? What is this trying to show me? Now you make a decision. That's the true free will. Now you make the decision to, to pick an answer, to look for an answer, to have clarity. What is this for? Beautiful. Oh, that's a different thing. We are going to go to break because I want to touch on this a little bit more and I can see we're getting kind of close to a break and I skipped the first one because I wanted to. So (laughs) let's go to break and uh, when we get back, we will talk more with Ingrid. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to inspiring end-of-life conversations if you have a question for nina impala or her guest today call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to tutoring for the spirit at gmail.com now back to this week's program Okay, and we are back with Ingrid. We were talking about clarity and how to get there when you're in the struggle. And I want you to talk more about that, Ingrid, because when we get stuck, I know in my own life, I need to go on a walk. I need to take a breath to get that message that I need to hear. And I can't do that when I'm in the thick of it, you know, or when I'm in the argument or in the frustration. I have to leave my own brain behind and go get quiet yes and you know like i just wanted to to give a little another little example a good analogy when we get stuck and try to we waste a lot of energy like i say it's like say when we go into a car Mm -hmm. and we put the car in gear but um or or we sorry we leave the 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 car in, in in neutral and we just press the gas it doesn't matter how much you just press the gas if, if the car is in parking or is in neutral you're not going anywhere that's true <laughs> so you're spending all your energy there and you're going nowhere mm-hmm. so that's when you have to stop and make this decision yeah like okay what what is all this for mm-hmm. and and do in many occasions what we have to do is what you're mentioning nina just stop People, you know, we have been learning our life. Our conditioning is that we have to run away from our emotions. Since we're little, we're told, don't feel that way. Don't cry. Don't, no, don't. So, of course, every time something happens, we don't even want to address nothing. And what happens? We start becoming disconnected from our emotions, from our own body. We become numb. We do. So what we have to do, and, and, and I have experience in my own life, is learn to face our own emotions. Maybe at the moment that they are happening, you, you just, you're just too, too overwhelmed. But say that later with the practicing of awareness, how you practice awareness, just like you're saying, Nina, stop, stop, go for a walk, and then just clear your mind. Uh, a practice of awareness, today they call it mindfulness, just I go for walks. I call it walking meditation. I just feel the wind, hear the birds, smell the 
nature, ah, is our senses. So our senses are gifts to, to go back to that place of awareness. And what I just, the more we practice awareness, then now you can go to the realization, oh, at this moment I am thinking, at this moment I am feeling. And when we have a, a feeling of something is now we realize I was angry today. Yeah. I was reacting today. I was sad today. And instead of, say at the moment, you're too overwhelmed to address that. But later after you walk, after you breathe, after you, you yeah. stop, mm-hmm. then you can call that emotion back and say, okay, anger, why you are here? What that's are you way. trying to show me? Talk to it. Yes. And you that's know. when I put the car in gear. That's when I start looking myself with it, reconnecting with myself, reconnecting with my emotions, with my body. Because if we don't, we start getting sick, Nina. We do. And it, it affects us and affects our life in so many ways. I know that, um, you know, being in the United States, I have family in Sicily, and uh, they think that we're crazy, you know, because we're always 100 miles an hour out here. Yeah. And in, in seriously, like in, in California right now, you know, we are, we're getting shut down completely again. And finding that space... For me, I mean, I really, because I don't feel it's very safe outside sometimes. So my church is right down the street and I walk in the parking lot and I walk around it. And that's where it's the only place I can go right now to really clear my head and find that silence. And the ego, I think, is the biggest challenge because it wants to be right, like what you're talking about. And when you we're able to step back and say, I'm angry, you're in, you're not, you're able to take your ego and put it aside. And really, I think being able to admit the fact, yeah, I was really angry today. Yeah, I was not a nice person today. And being able to admit that within yourself, that's loving yourself. And that's also that's, taking the yeah. ego and kind of setting it aside. Yeah, that's a huge step. I mean, I imagine we- how many people don't even realize they go through life treating everybody bad and <laughs> and they don't even realize, wow, was I I I did I mistreat you? When do they even think that? Yeah. Then that first step is so important. Nina, one thing I do when I go to walking meditations, mm-hmm. say I, I am in the state of complete connection, all that. But say that one day I came back home and I realized, whoa. Today, I didn't hear any bird. I didn't feel the wind. I didn't smell anything. And then I have the awareness, wow, I was in my head. My head is full with thoughts. Oh, that's a good point. What do I do at that moment? Instead of getting mad at myself, because we have been conditioned that you're not good enough, that what you're doing is bad, that uh, you are not correct. Instead of going with all that, what I do at that moment is I am grateful for my awareness. I mm. trust my awareness. So I pat myself on the shoulder and I say, wow, Ingrid, thank you. Thanks to the, my awareness because I am aware that I was not aware. That is beautiful, Ingrid. I hope everybody got that. I am th- being grateful that you were aware that you're not aware. That is emotional intelligence. That is being tapped into your highest self, I think. And that that's... It's wisdom. I did a little exercise after I read your book. And I was wondering, you know, exactly what we're talking about, why it's, why those days when it's really hard and you're angry or whatever, you go take a walk, you calm yourself down. But I wanted to think of the moments in my life that when I felt the most love, the most at peace, and the most at home. And one of them was a beautiful woman's house that I used to go to. And she used to make me chicken noodle soup and um, saltine crackers. And we would talk about spirituality. She was a Reiki instructor and master. (laughs) Mm. And whenever I go to her house, I would feel complete peace. And and I felt completely loved. And, And then I picked Sedona, Arizona was another place where I feel at home. I feel at peace. And I feel loved. And then, of course, my wonderful girlfriends in my life, they make me feel that way. And I, I think that when you can bring yourself to a place, Ingrid, where you, you have that feeling of just 
feeling like you're home, like you're at peace. Getting to that place is challenging in these times that we're in right now. And I love what you just said. Grateful. Don't beat yourself up for having a bad day. So you had a bad day. I can be grateful that I recognize the fact that I did have a bad day and move on. So you can take it as an opportunity. So when you take the challenges as opportunities to grow, to practice awareness, Uh they stop being like feeling bad and bring you to that place of appreciation, gratitude. So challenges don't become problems anymore. They become opportunities. And wouldn't you say that that raises your vibration? It does completely. That's because, a place I like being. Yes, because you you are in the gratitude is the highest vibration of frequency there is. When you are in a state of gratitude, you pretty much took all the layers, all those blockages, and now you're connected. Wow, you're that's shining beautiful. your light. So gratitude's the highest vibration, huh, Ingrid? You know, yes, Nina. I'm going to. This teaching was absolutely beautiful. The beings of light said to me, Ingrid. You don't imagine how grateful every human being would be if they realize, Nina, that for you to exist, trillions and trillions and trillions of subatomic particles have to be in agreement. They say you are a divine intention. Wow, imagine this, thinking that every cell, every atom, every subatomic particle in my body has to be in agreement to be who I am. Oh, my God. That's a very big thought. Oh, my God. That when I grab a glass of water, every one of those atoms is there for me to form that that water that I am going to drink, (laughs) that this pen is designed for me to use it and write in the paper. Oh, my God. When I live life that way. I am in the state of absolute gratitude all the time because Mm. it's when I see, wow, the greatness of life. It's when I see existence itself. I say, people, when do you ever stop and think, I exist? Mm -hmm. I exist. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Just by, by putting in your mind the fact that Wow, all this is working for me. The connection in the universe, all this is making us possible, Nina. Mm -hmm. This is a miracle. You know, and when your vibration is up, there is, there's just something that occurs. And it's really hard to explain to people that haven't felt it. Like yesterday, I was just sitting in my car waiting to get into my driveway. And a young man and his little sister walked past me holding hands. And my heart just filled with love. He was protecting her, but I was in this zone, you know, and I could, I could feel that I was in that zone. That's that so, I, so beautiful. You just take the time to witness, witness, I think is a good word, to witness what's around you. And, and not just, I mean, I could have just sat in my car and waited for him to open the gate, but I'm, I'm not wired that way. You know, I'm always noticing a lot of little things around me all the time. But when I noticed that, I was just, I was in this space and in this zone and it was just a, a moment in time. And that's the stuff that keeps me going no matter what. I don't have to be, you know, standing under a beautiful redwood tree or standing at the beach. You know, those are all great if you can get there, but right now a lot of us can't. So where do you find those moments and how do you keep your vibration up? And it's just, and that's the direction I go because when I'm in those moments and I can look at a young man and his little sister and it changes my whole day. Yes. And, and you know, Nina, this is our decision. How we want to feel, like we were talking right. earlier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Choosing yeah. joy and choosing Choose happiness. Exactly. And I know we were, yes, when I, we were started to talk about you and your hubs, and that was one of the things that you just kind of, the two of you put your foot down and say, enough is enough. Let's just yeah. be happy. And we pick joy. And there was, a, I say to people, is this analogy, <laughs> is, I like to use the, these cute analogies. I say to people, say that you are baking a cake every day. The cake of your day. You wake up in the morning and you bake this cake. 
how you want to bake this cake, of course, with the best ingredients because <laughs> a good cake, oh, that's mm. delicious. And you share it and wow, there's joy. But what if you get up and you put poison in your cake? Well, yeah. It's your decision that now you're eating a cake that is going to poison you <laughs> and it's going to poison the people around you. Yes. So simple, Ingrid. It's so simple. So every so morning simple. I said, how, you, how do I want to bake my cake today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the other thing. Say that, say that you're having bad thoughts, that is hard, that, yeah. I, I, and I'm not thinking that you are bypassing or escaping. No, say that sometimes we have thoughts in the head that, that, that don't even have any purpose. They're just yeah. <laughs> thoughts of negativity. Yes. All these patterns of negativity. So at that moment, I say, you know, just recall, like you were just saying, you know, bring three things that make you feel grateful and be simple. Yeah. This cup of coffee I drank this morning was mm. amazing. Oh, that shower that I took. Oh, God, that was incredible. <laughs> Look at those little things. I know. The simplicity it, of life can bring us just to have joy. Yes. Ingrid, you're joyful. I love talking to you. And our show is almost over. And oh, so that was it, so fast. It, it was so <laughs> fast. And I, I want to have you talk about a couple of things. Your website's beautiful. And tell us how people, because you have uh, really good talks. You, you do a lot of we interviewing people. and So go ahead and tell everybody what you do. And we've got two minutes. Yes, I have a website. It's IngridHonkala.com. And I also have a YouTube channel where I share all the teachings, interviews, meditations. Uh, I am a meditation teacher too. And and I'm trying to create a community where people, we can get get connected. That that, that was the purpose of my near-death experience, Nina, to bring the purpose of the power of connection. Connection is what we need. Good. Connection is what the world needs. I'm right there with you. Yes. And your beautiful book, A Brightly Guided Life, How a Scientist Learned to Hear Her Inner Wisdom, is a great read. And it's full. If you guys could see my cover, I showed it to Ingrid. There's notes (laughs) everywhere because there were just so many little gems in this book. And it brought a lot to my life. And so have you in this one-hour interview. So I just thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you for having me here. This is such a joy and and, and a, a big blessing. You're welcome, dear. You take good care. And thank you so much for coming on my show. You too. Take good care. And thanks so much. You're welcome. So we blew through another wonderful show today with Ingrid. And I'm so grateful that she came on because her wisdom and her joy and her happiness was palpable on the show. And it really helped and we all could really use that right now so until next week father nathan's coming on i will be here with you at three o'clock as always so thanks a lot for listening to inspiring end-of-life conversations bye-bye we hope you have found hope in this week's edition of inspiring end-of-life conversations Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.